0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of a quick timeout podcast. Today's guest is Graham Maxwell, associate head coach of the Emmanuel College Lions. As you'll hear in the interview in their first year in Division II, Emmanuel won the conference and appeared in their first NCAA Division II national tournament. But in addition to that, Coach Maxwell was included in the NABC 30 under 30 list, which represents 30 of the most outstanding men's college basketball coaches under the age of 30. Some of you may also recognize his name from PGC Basketball. He does a great job with them, and he's just an overall sharp guy. So I know you'll enjoy this episode. This podcast, again, is sponsored by our friends at 323 Sports. With basketball season just around the corner, you may be in need of uniforms, basketballs, or shoes for your players. 323 Sports can get you set up with any and all of that. To find out more about how 323 Sports can help your athletic program, visit 323sports.com. Now, here's my interview with Coach Graham Maxwell. Coach Graham Maxwell, Associate Head Coach for Emmanuel College in Franklin Springs, Georgia, joins us today. Coach, thanks for jumping on the podcast.
1: Yeah, Tony, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Honored to be here.
0: Before we get too far into things, can you give listeners just kind of a quick rundown on your playing and coaching career?
1: I, um, I actually played at Emmanuel. Um, for four years, I graduated in 2012. Yeah, j- jumped right into coaching. Uh, I kind of became assistant year uh, following uh, when I was done with my playing career. Um, it was really funny because I didn't want anything to do with coaching. <laughs> A couple job opportunities that I turned down, um, but uh, luckily uh, the one at Emanuel came open. And so uh, yeah, just very fortunate. So I've been coaching. I'm um, at Emanuel. Uh, this is man uh, going on. Uh, eight years I believe so
0: it goes by quickly faster than you would like to admit
1: <laughs> goes by fast for sure uh,
0: Graham isn't going to talk about this because he's too humble for this but that's all right I can talk about him um, he was part of three national championship teams at the NCCA D1 level one as a player and two as a coach and, and in their first year just this last year competing at the NCAA D2 level they were regular season champs of the conference Carolinas and actually made an appearance in the D2 national tournament so he and coach TJ Ruiz Rosine down there at Emanuel and, and the entire staff, they do a great job and they know a lot about winning. Coach, what would you say has been maybe one or two things that have been foundational to the su- success of your program there at Emanuel?
1: Man, this is, yeah, that's a really good question. We were actually talking about this yesterday because we're, we're uh, in the whole preseason thing right now. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're every year we try to get back to what we do really good and, and we actually boil it down to three things. Um, I would say the number one thing we believe is why we've had some success is just the culture. Um, we're willing to kind of fight for it every day. And so I think we do have a good culture here. Um, the second thing, uh, I think TJ is a master at this is uh, role ID. Um, he gets, he gets guys to buy into their role better than, better than uh, a lot of coaches that I've seen. Uh, so just getting guys to win at their role. Um, and then lastly, I think, um, we take pride in just taking better shots than than our opponent.
0: You spent four years as a player, and now just just you mentioned the years as an assistant. Now this is your first year as a associate head coach. How has your perspective on the game changed since that first time you set foot on campus as a freshman?
1: Oh man, oh man, it is it has changed a lot. Um, I think I think the biggest thing that has changed is just not assuming. And giving extreme clarity, Um, if I think even earlier in my career, I just assumed a lot as a player. You know, I assumed my teammate was going to be there. I assumed the job was going to get done. Um, But now on the flip side, as a coach, it's just um, the more clarity, the better. Um, And I actually heard on, uh, I believe maybe it was your last podcast, talking about how how much clarity Duke gives their guys on their scattering reports. Um, I think that's one thing that we strive to do. But that, that, that wasn't my, my mindset when I first got in as a player. I just assumed a lot of things were going to get done. Uh, but things don't get, gun, uh, things don't get done unless there's extreme clarity around it.
0: I think a lot of it, too, especially for a coach, you take things for granted as a player. Mm-hmm. And then once you become that, that coach, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to actually make that team what it is that you don't pay attention to. You think it's all about the practice and the games. But I would assume that you have come to the conclusion I have. It's a lot of times more so what happens off the court and away from the gym itself that has impacted or impacts what happens on the court.
1: Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: I'm always interested to hear from coaches who go from being players to soon after going straight into coaching. Um, and especially for the helping coach, the, the program that they played for, how was that transition for you personally? And what were some of the challenges maybe that you faced and maybe what were some of the benefits of having just played for that program?
1: Yeah, I would say the challenge is um, and those guys were my friends, you know, and, and I would say sometime as a coach, your job isn't to be their friend. Obviously, you want them to be your friends. You want them to like you. But uh, there's going to be times you got to put aside the whole friendship. And you got to get the job done at the end of the day. And so that was always a challenge um, for me because I was just, man, I was like, man, last year I was just hanging out with this guy, dorm room, staying up later than we probably should have. Um, but now I got to get on him, you know, about staying up too late or whatever the situation might be. And so I think that was a rub at first. But I tell you what, I was really blessed because it was me and another guy. Um, we were the only seniors on the team. And I think that year we had about seven freshmen. And those freshmen had to play. And so we were basically the coaches on that team because we were so young. We had to grow up the freshmen quick uh, in order to even win a couple games. Uh, so I think that helped me in my transition because they had already started listening to me because of the influence I had as a senior. So it just carried over as uh, as I became our first year uh, as an assistant coach. And the other thing too, I don't think it had much to do with me. I think it had everything to do with how... Uh, the guys, we we had really good guys. Um, so I they deserve the credit there.
0: How have the experiences changed your view of maybe your role and has it practically influenced how you do certain things now versus maybe how you did things the first year, just having that different perspective as a coach?
1: Yeah, I think I, I, I put more into it now than I did. Again, I, I think I just assumed my first couple years, like, I would show up, and I felt like maybe the lights were on. Um, I would just kind of assume things get done, and now I realize, you know, oh my gosh, there's so many things that you have to do, and especially a small college, a lot of it's like, man, I hadn't even thought about basketball in two days. I got to get all this, I got to get all this other stuff done. And so I think my perspective of um, time management and where I put my focus and attention to has changed. Um, Over the
0: years, just being an outside coach, observing and having played you guys and interacted with you over the years, it it appears that you and coach Rosine really get along well and work together. Well, How, how would you describe that relationship and how has he impacted your coaching career and your life in general?
1: Oh, man, I could, I mean, we could spend we could do a whole podcast, maybe mm-hmm. back and we'll do a whole podcast on, on uh, TJ Rosine. But he uh, is very, uh, it's very unique, because uh, we've done the uh, we've done the disc assessment, you know, so we, I know my strengths and my weaknesses, and I know his strengths and his weaknesses. And we are polar oppos- opposites, whatever he is weak, that's my strength. And whatever is an area where I'm not that good at, that's an area where he is the strongest. Uh, so I think that's why we're able to work so well together. Um, I also think we, you know, it's we we uh, have been together so long. There's a trust there, um, but we just know each other so well. He knows my strengths. I know his strengths and weaknesses. And for wherever unsure about something, we come together and and talk about it. There's open lines of Um, open lines of communication. So um, I think that's one reason why we work so well together is we just know what we're best at and we know where the other person needs to grow the most.
0: Speaking of that disc assessment, we just went through that and went over that this past weekend. And it was not just beneficial in, in understanding our players better, but really it was helpful for us coaches to be able to have that. And like you said, I'm in the same situation, just being the opposite of, of our head coach and and how we work together. And a lot of it is like a marriage. It, it seems to <laughs> what what plays off your strengths and, you know, the other person's weaknesses and vice versa, how you can be a help to each other. So uh, maybe we may need to have somebody else come on and talk a little bit about that disc assessment. But that was super, super <laughs> oh, enlightening, enlightening, uh, not just like I said about the players, but about who you work with so as as you've gotten older and we talked about the change in the job title getting more responsibilities word on the street is that you're this year your duties are changing a little bit how is that different going into this season than in the past
1: man um i I just think i i need to shift my mindset i i Mm think gathering as much information as possible about um the offense and coming up with creative ideas um, because for so long it's been all right. How can how can we get stops? And so now it's just the complete opposite. I mean, flipping it on its head. How can we get how can we get points and how can we score? And more than anything within our offense, because you know, we, we run the read and react more than just set plays. It's how can we put our best players in positions to score? You know, how, how can they be successful? Um, Which which isn't always the easiest thing. It's not always just give them the ball in these spots. You know, it's it's so and so has got to be on the left wing and someone else has to be in the short corner. And there's we got to get them the ball here with this many seconds left on the shot clock. So all of those things are just things I've only thought about on the flip side of it. Um, on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Do you feel more that you're thinking about X's and O's, or are you thinking more about your personnel, or is it a combination of the two?
1: Yeah, it's a combination of the two. I would say, I, now I love drawing up plays that work, especially as an assistant, whenever a coach gives me the clipboard. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing out my, my two or three best plays, and if it works, I feel like an All-American as a um, if it doesn't, I don't ever bring it up again, you know, <laughs> one of those deals. But I um, I, I lean more towards like I'm action oriented as opposed to just set. So um, I try to create actions that are in line with our player development, um, if, if that makes any sense. So right now mm-hmm. we're at the stage of the season where my main focus is getting players as good as they possibly can. Now we start practice in a couple weeks where we'll see how good we got at getting players as good as possible. Now it's time to implement those actions and still throwing in there some set plays, but I'll worry about the actions in a little bit right now. It's just how can we get them as good as possible?
0: Coaches always love the X's and O's and drawing things up like that. Do you cater the X's and O's to the players or vice versa? So I I guess... You know, going into things, do you have a set of plays that you're interested in or, or are you more looking at your personnel and then going to evaluate what X's and O's you have?
1: Yeah, I think I think we go off of the X's and O's that we like and we put players in position at that time. We, we, we like to run plays in, in like forms of clusters. So this year we're running plays that start and end, you know, the exact same way and uh, within that there's things that are going to be different but uh, we like to keep things really simple for the guys knowing hey we're starting this way we're ending this specific way but throughout that play things are going to be a little bit different so we'll just plug players in where we feel like they'll be best but i think it does start with specific plays and what we want out of them
0: this transitions a little bit away from basketball specifically but you know advice for young coaches balancing everything that you have. So you, you're balancing your marriage, balancing being a father now, a demanding career. I know you're somewhat new into all of it, but what have you found out so far?
1: I, I, I do think time management is, is huge. Um, and just being a, uh, we talk to our players and, and everyone around is really about being a really good communicator. Um, but I think it starts, you know, just speaking to myself, I think it starts with me. You know being better at time management and being a unbelievable communicator to uh, my boss to the players um, but more importantly to um, my wife you know as she does so much when when we're away I would say to my daughter but she's only four months old so she does uh, but just being a really good communicator I think is it, it is crucial so time management, communication.
0: Is there anything practical to either to the time management or communication that you've maybe learned or used or found helpful, whether it's something practical like an app, you know, is there, is there something that you found to be helpful to actually help you achieve those things? A
1: hundred percent. Um, I, I would go into my schedule and block out specific times on things that I need to get done. Um, so just, I'll tell you through kind of failure, my first year or two, I was having a hard time. And uh, actually, Coach Rosine uh, helped me with this. Uh, but I one of the one of my strengths is just relating to players and having a relationship with the players. Um, and I realized I was getting caught up in in so many things other than just relationships with players. And so I actually had to go into my schedule and say meet with Steven today, or meet, and not just say today, like meet with Steven for thirty minutes from two thirty to three or meet with Zach from four to five. And so I found myself, I had to, if it was going to get done, I had to put it into a schedule. Um, so go in and block out, you know, one of my roles is paperwork. And so maybe from two to three today, I got to go in and my only focus is is filling out paperwork and doing things so we can have a smooth season. So actually going into your calendar and not just saying you're doing it today, um, but going into your calendar and blocking out specific chunks of time in order to get those things done.
0: I'm interested to hear from a a parent. And again, you're you're new into it, but still, do you feel like your perspective with your players has changed at all since you have your own child now? (laughs) Uh,
1: It is. uh, I would say it has. Maybe I just like, I've always been kind of (laughs) soft. I'm I'm an emotional kind of softy guy. But uh, so I feel like I've been that way with our players a lot. But, you know, I kind of just, I kind of just show more love to our players. I would say, you know, I'll tell them how much more I appreciate them. Um, I tell them the things that they're doing good, but also I find myself teaching some more life lessons. Like I don't want things to, I don't want things to pass us by, you know, anymore. Like I feel like if there's something that needs to be coached up or talked about, then I, I find that more as like an urgent thing. Like, man, this can't wait till tomorrow. I gotta teach that life lesson today. So I think those two things, showing more love and just being more urgent with uh, with the coachable moments.
0: I'm not an expert on this. I'm rather new into it as well, but I, I've had the same experience. I feel like you're more you almost go full circle. You you've been a player. And so you know how the players want to be treated once you become a coach. And then mm-hmm. over the years you become more like a coach and rigid and you coach. Yeah. And then once you have a kid and it goes back to, Oh, understanding the feelings of the players yeah. and life is just kind of a entire circle there. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of finishing up here just one, two or three things as far as just being the kind of assistant that is helpful to a head coach furthers the program. What would you say characteristics-wise things that have kind of carried you along in your career there at Emmanuel,
1: I'll, uh, I'll give you three things. I think there's a lot of things, but just kind of nailing it down to three things that um, I have worked my way through. I'm still not there yet. But if I would, you know, kind of boil it down to three things, I think the first thing is just being loyal um, to the program and being loyal to your head coach. Because if I was a head coach, one of the first things I look for is a loyal assistant. Um, So I think the fact that TJ knows I'm extremely loyal kind of takes a burden off his plate. You know, we both know we're going in the same direction. So um, being loyal is is uh, I think it's invaluable. I would say that's the first thing. Um, The second thing I've talked about this a lot, but I believe as an assistant coach, one of the most important uh, job titles we can have is being the culture keeper we're, we're kind of more in the weeds than the head coach in terms of mixing it up with the players and kind of getting their true emotions and raw feelings. And so it's on me to be the culture keeper of the program to, um, to kind of direct guys in the, in the right direction and um, tell them where they're, you know, they're, they're going the wrong way or to coach them up um, in a loving way. So I think, or just to keep the, the energy upbeat and positive, or if it means going to the head coach and saying, Hey, Coach, we need, to, we need to mix it up and do this today. Here's what I'm hearing from the guys. Here's the beat of the program that I'm feeling. Um, so I would say, you know, those two things. And then I think these are kind of combined. You hear it a lot. Like, don't be a yes man. Uh, honestly, that's something I've had to work through a lot throughout my career. Over the past couple of years, I feel like I've done a lot better job. But, you know, the head coaches and other coaches in the program, that they some people need pushback. You know, not every idea is a great idea. If we implemented every idea we came up with, you know, I th- we, we might be in trouble. <laughs> we might be in that many games. Um, so just just being able to push back or saying, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that behind closed doors. Um, and then, you know, out in front, obviously, we're on the same page, which steps back into that loyalty, loyalty piece. But um, I think the second part of that, um, you know, not being a yes man is... Uh, Being willing to bring ideas, you know, even though I would say 95% of my ideas are rejected, I still feel at the end of the day, I'm adding value because I'm giving our other coaches on staff and our head coach something to think about. That's not always something that's on on the, the front of their mind. So. Yeah, Just be loyal, be a culture keeper, and uh, don't be afraid to bring ideas or give some pushback.
0: Yeah, that's great stuff. That's Graham Maxwell, Associate Head Coach in Emmanuel College. Coach, thanks again for taking the time to come on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tony. I appreciate it.
0: Just really quickly, if you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard you can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience it really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place so download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started that'll do it for this episode be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share the podcast with your coaching friends to help us grow the game thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you again at the next time out